Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name is Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. If you've listened to this podcast before, you will notice we're changing the format slightly. Just a a little experiment to see if it works any better. And I'm actually starting this week off down on the allotment on Wednesday the 14th of June 2023. Reason being is I'm not going to be down on the allotment till next Monday. So I just wanted to fill you in with what's been happening down on the allotment. Now this week I have been ferociously down on the allotment making sure that this allotment will survive the next few days when I'm not here. By that I mean I've been clearing out as many weeds as I possibly can and watering, watering, watering just to make sure there's plenty of moisture in the soil. I don't think there's any rain predicted and if it is it's going to be at the weekend and we desperately need some rain. The ground is really really dry with the lack of rainfall. I cannot remember when we last had any proper rain. So because of that and the hot weather that we are experiencing at the moment I just really want my allotment to be able to survive a few days without me. It should be okay but you never know. Now, a few of the things I have also been doing on top of that is where I've had some empty spaces, I have planted out some plants. So the bed that was going to be growing peas this year, and unfortunately, as you know, I have had no luck getting peas germinating this year. Into that bed, I've decided it was just a waste of space leaving it there and not being used. So I have decided I'm just going to pot in a few plants. I put in a couple of extra tomato plants and some pumpkin and squash plants to fill up that bed. I've also planted out another pumpkin into my large compost bin, just trying to make use of the space. I often do plant out pumpkins in my compost bins as a way of just using that space for something edible as well as making compost. I find it works really, really well for me. Now something else that I have done this week is I have harvested my very early white garlic and I've got to say I'm really happy with the results. We got eight decent sized bulbs which I harvested and I've put in the greenhouse in order to dry and when I come down here next week I will then take them home and get them into storage. I actually opened up the smallest bulb just to see how well it has got on. We've got plenty of cloves in there. So overall, I'm very, very happy. The largest bulb will be saved to be replanted, of course, but we do have the rest of our garlic that is still in the bed for the time being until it is ready. This is the very early white and I'm really happy with what we have got to say the least. And I waited until the lower leaves had turned brown and died back before I actually harvest these as per the instructions I received from the garlic farm. So really happy with the garlic to say the least. It's given me a good amount of garlic. Now of course extra harvests that we have had this week. More new potatoes, more broad beans, more rhubarb and even signs of some first cherries as well. So 
definitely getting some good harvests coming in at the moment. The only thing that I could be harvesting, but I don't really know how to cook because I've never found a recipe that we really like, is the artichokes, globe artichokes. I've never found a way of making the flower buds in a way that we can eat them and really like them. So we leave them as a bit of an ornamental flower for the time being. I may get rid of a plant in the future, unless I can find a way of making this food source edible in a way that we like. Now you may be wondering why I am not going to be down here for a few days and that is because I am off to a garden show known as Gardener's World Live and you're going to hear about that in just a moment. Firstly let's find out what we've been doing in a supporters club. This podcast is supported by our fantastic supporters club. I am absolutely blown away with the support that I get. And it really does help me keep this podcast moving forward and keep the wheels running. Now, as members of the Supporters Club will tell you, each month I send out seeds that can be sown that particular month. And this week we have actually been sowing Swede seeds. Now, Swedes are a staple. They're a winter crop. And these bulbous roots that are so packed full of flavour are going to be great in the winter. But if you are interested in supporting this podcast, then please consider becoming a member of our supporters club. You will get exclusive benefits such as extra behind the scenes podcasts, as well as the seeds that I send out each and every month that are sown that very month. And I talk about how we go about growing these seeds. For that, I charge just £5 a month. And I personally think it is great value for the seeds alone. But the support really does help me out so much with keeping the podcast going. If you are interested in becoming a member, then please head to thevegrowpodcast.co.uk. Right now it's time to go to Gardener's World Live and find out what we did there. Oh, every year for the last, I don't know how many years, I've been coming to Gardener's World Live up in Birmingham. It's one of my favourite shows. Each year I try and bring you guys along but show you something different. And what I thought I'd do this year, I've got two of my listeners with me today and I thought I'd find out their opinions on the show. So we'll start off with Kate first. Hello. Hello. So you're from Nottingham. Yep, that's right. Mapley in Nottingham. Hour and a half away, give or take. More or less, but got caught in all the traffic today. Yeah, of course, of course. You have an allotment? Yes, I do. Yeah, I've had it for just over a year now, so it's my second growing season. Excellent, excellent. And uh, second time you've been to the show? Uh, It's the third, Third. actually, yeah. Yeah. So what's your highlights? What have you enjoyed today? Oh, well, I do like buying myself some seeds, but I have been quite restrained today, I have to say. Um, There's been some good stalls, but I think in a way it would have been nice if there was more vegetable stuff. There wasn't quite enough of that that I could find, but I have bought myself some more carnivorous plants, so that's something at least. (laughs) I was going to say, because you've got quite a few bags down here with us today. Yeah, nowhere near as if I wanted, but, (laughs) you know, (laughs) restrained. What about any of the show gardens? Have you had a look at any of those? Yeah, yeah, I had a look at some of the show gardens. They're absolutely beautiful. And I'm trying to remember the name of that one over there. Uh, Lucy's one? Oh, she grows veg. She grows veg's yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, that was really nice. Yeah, that's been my favourite one here today because 
like you said, there's not much veg. I've seen one stall in there which is entirely vegetables, but apart from that, it's not much veg. That's my thing, like yourself. Yeah. But She Grows Veg has created an edible garden where it's everything on there is edible. It could be hostas, it could be beans, and it's all about making edible and ornamentals uh, accumulate together in the garden. Oh, that's it. I mean, it's, so it's not just performing an ornamental um, function, it's also something that you can eat as well. And a lot of those things, I, looked, I didn't even realise you could eat them, so it's, it's quite mm. an educational mm. lot as well. That, that's interesting. I'm going to focus on this this garden with you because uh, mm-hmm. it's one of my favourites that I've seen as well. But it's interesting talking to it, and I've said this for years, things like dahlias are originally imported to be food, yet mostly grown for ornamentals now. Yeah. Uh, and hostas as well, they're edible. I'm trying to remember what else she has. My slugs certainly think they're edible anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's always the trouble with, with hostas. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that, I've got to admit, that's my favourite garden as well. We've got wheelbarrow garden for veg as well, which is the school's gardens that they've set up behind us. Ever. They look absolutely fantastic. They've done yeah. such a great job of it. And that's basically for those that listening at home. Each school is given a wheelbarrow that they have to plant up and I can see there's lots of courgettes and beans. There's an imitation umbrella in some of them. Just kids being allowed to do their own thing. Which is great I, to see. I think that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, I used an old wheelbarrow left by the previous plot holder on mine, and yeah. I planted that up because I didn't want to throw it away. And it's just such a great way. You can hang tomatoes trailing from it. You can do all sorts. Just put a few holes at the bottom, and you're good to go. And the kids have done such a great job. We should be yeah. really proud of it. Yeah, fantastic. Right, I'll come back to you again, but let's go to another young lady by the name of Jenny. Hello. Hello, Jenny. Um, enjoying the day? Loving the day. Yep. A bit hot, but loving it. Loving it, loving it. Uh, what's been your highlight? Well, Lucy's garden, she grows veg, um, and the wheelbarrows. I do love the wheelbarrows. Yeah. love kids getting involved with it. Yeah, the thing I'm getting from all of us is that they have been a highlight from within, I guess, the Veg Grow podcast community, so they're the ones to look out for. What, what is it about those that you've particularly liked? Well, I love the way the kids have had to think about um, the wildlife um, and the environment. Mm. So like, there's ones who are trying to harvest rainwater, there's ones with drinking stations for bees and things. So it's great that the new generation are thinking yeah. ahead. Yeah, yeah. because I should explain, you garden in your own garden, you yeah. don't have an allotment, but it's very much about growing food, well-being, wildlife friendly. Very wildlife friendly, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, now, something I didn't want well haven't mentioned yet with both of you is that you're both in uh, mobility scooters and wheelchairs well what has it worked for you two today in these well I've had a great time (laughs) (laughs) yeah um, I found it really easy to get round and I found it really easy to view all the gardens not had any problems Um, no it's been really good yeah yeah, so no issue, access issues have not been an issue. No, that's been really, nice really, and, really good. Yeah, because this is something I've not been able to experience because I'm able-bodied. Yeah, yeah. So, and same with you, Kate, because you're in a, a wheelchair. Um, yeah, um, to be honest, being able to actually rent one of the wheelchairs here rather than going round with the walking stick, there's no way I would have made it round. It's mm. too hot and it just would have been a bit too painful. But accessibility has been absolutely fine. Um, no problems whatsoever. Everybody's been super friendly. And it is it is really nice to be able to, to partake in this sort of thing, especially when you think, oh, you know, maybe my mobility might affect me as a gardener. 
but like even with the podcast the lives you know when we've talked about this sort of thing you realize actually yeah there is a lot more that you can do um it's just a case of making the adjustments to mm. it and plus you know i'm not spending as much as because i'm in the wheelchair because i can't see everything but the <laughs> husband is very grateful look at that smile yeah he's got a smile on his face <laughs> yeah he's not carrying around so much either is he no just, he yeah. isn't <laughs> now on that note because as i said this isn't something i've experienced myself but it's always something that i'm aware of gardening in general must be pretty tricky to do if you're not so mobile yeah yeah it can be um sort of reaching i mean for me personally, I have problems with my discs on my back and I've got fibromyalgia, so I can have good days and bad days. So I kind of have to know if I'm going to have a big gardening day, I'm probably going to pay for it the next day. So you take into account when you're going to water things, when you're going to plant things, you know, you can't do it all in one go. That's something you very much learn the hard way, but gradually over time you do adjust to it and the exercise and honestly from a mental health point of view it's done more for me than any of the medication ever has yeah it's been really really helpful excellent excellent is that something you found yourself jenny absolutely yeah i don't know where i'd be without it i used to be a professional gardener right and i had to learn the new limits um my two kids are amazing i couldn't do without them but you just learn your way around it and I found working with wildlife as well and learning to let the weeds in a little bit and learning to a little bit messy is okay helps me and it and it brings them in so it's like a win-win situation and the garden's healthier now than what it was when I was really able-bodied and, and strict sure <laughs> so it's learning a new way around it that's all yeah yeah I've, again this isn't something I've been able to cover so this is interesting for me as yeah, well yeah. to get a, a proper perspective so Right, well, there's still a few hours to go for this show today, so I'll let you guys get on and um, go and investigate more and spend more money. Thank you very much. (laughs) I just want to thank Kate and Jenny for taking time out of their day and sharing with me their thoughts on the show. So, obviously, I'm out of the show now, and I was there for two days. I spoke to those on day one, and what I find with BBC Gardeners World, as I've been there quite a few times... I have realised that I need to be there for two days to really take in the entire show. The show itself is pretty large. It's actually two shows. You've got the Gardener's World live and then you've got the BBC Good Food as well. And they take up the hall at the NEC as well as outside space and a floral marquee. It is a pretty big show and I do find I need to spend two days there to take it all in. Obviously, I'm recording podcasts and things at the same time. So my personal highlights from this show this year. Firstly, because I'm there on Thursdays and Fridays, one of the things I love seeing is the fact that the cameras are there and they are filming, particularly on a Thursday, for the Friday Night Gardener's World show. And it's nice to see how it is all put together and and. I don't actually watch the programme myself. I don't have a TV. But from what I understand for people who are at the show, they often are watching the show on a Friday to see if they can see themselves in it. But it's also fascinating seeing, say, Monty Don and the whole filming procedure and thinking, yeah, that's great. Then obviously there are talks going on on the stages. Now, I managed to sit in on a few of the talks. There are lots of talks I think there was about six different stages this year. So lots of talks going on 
we had a houseplants stage hosted by Ellen Mary, a fellow podcaster. We had the main stage where the big names are, the the Monty Dons, the Adam Frosts. There was a tool stage, which was a lot of tool talk, which was actually very, very good. There was a stage run by Lucy, which was very much about edible gardening, which was my favourite stage. Unfortunately, I couldn't spend much time on it, but there was quite a few talks. One from Lucy herself. This is She Grows Veg, as known on Instagram, who created a show garden, and her talk was about the edible garden practice. Uh, really, really good talk, I've got to say. Steph Hafferty also done a, another talk, who's another well-known edible gardener. And there's quite a few more going on. And I've always said that the talks are where the value is in the price of a ticket. Where else can you get that first-hand knowledge and that first-hand help? One of the things I really like about Gardener's World is the down-to-earth. You've got gardeners there. We are all there to enjoy gardening. And it brings us all together. And it's down-to-earth gardening. Some shows, I feel, can be a little bit unrealistic. This one is very much down to earth. Now, the show gardens, they are always, for me, one of the highlights. We spoke in that interview that we didn't see much in the way of veg, but I did find inside the floral marquee, there was a really good vegetable show garden done by the National Veg Society. Very much straight rows of your tomatoes, your peas, which all looked really healthy, but it looked absolutely stunning. And then just behind that, there was another little show garden, but it was actually a nursery, a growfruitandveg.com, I believe the nursery was called. And they had grown loads of these sort of salad bowls. Basically, they were fairly large terracotta bowls in which they were growing salad leaves. Again, these looked absolutely fantastic. And I came away from that full of ideas of things that I would do in my own garden. Now, the main show gardens, there was quite a few show gardens. One that I did like was a garden called Fit for a King. Now, this was a, a garden set up to show how we could be recycling in the garden. It was very much in nature, but also rainwater harvesting, comfrey feed, composting, had this beautiful wildflower garden, and some of the photos from that were just absolutely amazing this huge range of these blue yellows and greens wildflower garden with this tiny house behind it and the tiny house was built on site it was brilliant absolutely brilliant to see and it, again it gave me these ideas and thoughts that i could do we've spoke about she grows veg and her garden which for me was certainly one of my favorites because it was all edible uh, we're hoping to get Lucy on the podcast in the future because she did such a good job with this garden and she's very much on, on like myself, we want to see more people growing their own food. And Lucy is very much about growing food but still keeping a garden to look good. And that does mean growing what we may class as ornamentals, but they're edible at the same time. Edible landscaping, I believe it's called. Now, what Lucy's garden consisted of was a a nice granite-looking path around a load of beds with archways. The idea was the arch was planned to have sweet potatoes growing up around the, the arches, but unfortunately, it didn't quite work. So she pulled in some tomatoes and some beans and some squashes instead and used the sweet potatoes as ground cover. 
Then there was hostas, there was dahlias, there was a little greenhouse as well. And on the walls of the greenhouse, stuck on were these microgreen growing trays, which again, I'm looking for these because I thought that was a fantastic idea. On the back wall, there was mushrooms also growing on the wall, like a vertical mushroom garden, which not personally I cannot do because of my mushroom allergy, but it certainly for me felt like it was some good use of space and very very nicely done again the colors it was a lot of contrasting colors but really attractive and everything was edible really really great i have to say now there was another garden this was made by adam or green fingered city boy as he's known on tiktok i've met adam before and he created this really beautiful garden i've got to say it was in the beautiful borders garden so it was only eight foot by eight foot area had a path running up the middle with where it went up to a pull-up bar with a nice little bench in the back there was so much foliage just making it all interesting and some beautiful colors as well i didn't see any edibles in that which is why it's sort of knocked down slightly for me because i'm all about the edibles but again it was good to see and i come away a lot when i look at these show gardens and think how can i incorporate these into my own garden how can i create my garden into a show garden that's what's going from my head since i've been at this show last year francis Tophill did a show garden where she was using quite a few sinks and i've implemented that in my own garden in the herb garden where i'm growing herbs in sinks so yeah these show gardens they are there for a reason they may be in some people's eyes a little bit impossible but actually you take away ideas and that's what you get from it now the stands the sales stands they do take up quite a large amount of the show as well and i know some people can get a little bit funny about the show stands for good reason i do understand if you're paying to get in a show you don't want to then have to be constantly buying money i do understand that but what I find with these stands is that it gives us a chance to actually talk to the people who build the products, who make the products. And I've actually learned a lot about it. Now, I was trying not to spend much money at all, but of course, I did come away with a few items. First thing I did was I was after a, a longer trowel than what I currently have. And the particular trowel that I've, I bought, which was £5 cheaper on the show than what I've seen in shops, is from Spear and Jackson and it's sort of it looks like a small turf iron so instead of it being a straight trowel it has like a swan neck on the end and then the trowel blade itself is almost heart shaped I've seen this used quite a few times and I've liked the idea of it so I brought myself one at the show also brought myself a new watering can because my one at home was falling apart then I also brought a few plants now I am into my edible plants, so I was only looking to buy edible plants. And I came away from this show with what's known as a green gauge tree. Now, this is quite a young tree at the moment, but we're hoping that it's going to grow bigger and bigger. Now, when I bought it, it was actually in a plastic pot. But something that is going on at the Gardener's World Live is they have a stage. They had one last year with a cardboard, and this year it was a woolen sock company i've actually met this company before it's called woolparts.co.uk and you take your plant that you've brought up there 
and they will take it, the plant out of your plastic pot and pot it into their woolen pots. Now, these woolen pots are like socks. So it just basically means the plastic pots keep recycled. I've got way too many plastic pots at home, so I was quite happy for that. But it also means that we end up with a recyclable material in which we take our pots home. So that, for me, was quite a good thing. And I've, I've brought my pot home. I've got it on the side. We can plant the plant straight in that ground inside the woolen pot. So it was definitely a good thing in that regard. So Leah, that was my thoughts on the show. I Every year I say it's going to be the last year, but I always have such a good time. And I'm looking forward to going back next year, to say the least. We have actually got another Gardener's World Autumn Fair coming up at the beginning of September, which I'm hoping to go to as well. So uh, keep your eyes out for that. I do highly recommend going to these shows if you are into your gardening. But what I would say is you've got to throw yourself into the show. You have got to go and talk to the people who have created the show gardens to really get the full value out of it. You've got to sit in on the talks. You have really got to make the most out of it while you are there. Right. Well, that is the Gardener's World Live 2023 update. Let's go find out what I've got in the recipe section. Each week, I like to bring you a recipe, and it's something that I have been cooking over this last week. Now, this week is slightly different in that it's not a food, it's a drink. It's a drink that I make every year. It's elderflower cordial, and for me, it is the taste of summer. It's such a refreshing, tasty drink that just smells of summer. It is fantastic. Now, I am lucky enough to have an elder tree in my garden, which we pick about 25 elderflower heads. We give them a good shake to remove any insects or debris and then pot them into a large container. I actually use a container for beer or wine with. On a bob, in a heatproof pan of course, I add 1.5 litres of water and 1.5 kilograms of sugar. I get the water boiling and get the sugar to mix with the water until it is all dissolved. Once the water is up and boiling, I then add it into the container with the elderflower heads, and then I add two sliced lemons. And then I leave that mixture to steep for about 24 hours. After the steeping time, I then pour that liquid through a mesh to capture everything, and then I add about 75 grams of citric acid to the mix. Give the liquid a good mix, and then there we go, the cordial is ready. It does last for quite a long time, and if you want to last for a long, long time, you can freeze it in portions as well. It's absolutely delicious and well worth having. I personally, what I like to do is I mix it with about 25% of the cordial with 75% of water. So, quarter of a glass of cordial, three quarters of a glass of water, and it is delicious. But you could use sparkling water, should you wish as well, and it is delicious. Give it a try and let me know how you get on with it. The recipe is on the website as well. Right, let's find out what's been happening in the veg garden this week. Well, I'm back from Gardener's World Live, and what a fantastic time. I could do with spending a lot more time there, but I need to look after this garden. Now, 
much like the allotment, before I went away, I did spend quite a bit of time just making sure that this garden was going to survive me not being here for a couple of weeks. Luckily, my wife was still at home, so she was able to keep an eye on the chickens, although they had plenty of food and plenty of water to see them through anyway. Uh, she didn't need to water the garden, so that didn't happen. It was all down to me. However, what have we been doing throughout this week? Well, while I was preparing the garden, weeding and watering, I did discover that I have two small parsnip seedlings that have germinated. I'm quite pleased about this because I thought I wasn't going to get any parsnips at all. Now, two is not the most amount of parsnips by a long shot, but they've germinated and I know parsnips can usually be quite tricky for some I normally don't get many problems but sowing them directly in the ground this year only two out of an entire packet has germinated but you know that's all right at least we got two for our Christmas dinner which is mainly when I want them for now during that time I have also been tying in our tomatoes and cucumbers. As these plants grow they of course need to, to be tied into some bamboo canes or in the case of in the greenhouse I string a bit of string that the tomato just wraps itself around. That's been going great, you know they're growing quite nicely now and with this recent sudden warm weather they really have gone great guns. We did get a bit of rain on Sunday, which just managed to top everything up and give everything a good boost, which is, I've got to say, really has done the world of good. I can see some of my pea seeds have finally germinated that are in the ground. So, yeah, a bit of rain, a bit of heat seems to have done the world of good. Added to that, we've also been harvesting some strawberries, which I've been using to make some smoothies in the morning. As you know, I do tend to do a lot of my gardening at home in the morning before I go to work. And just picking some fresh strawberries, and in fact, tayberries as well, before I go to work, throwing them into a smoothie just really does make it feel really nice and like I'm getting something out of the garden to start the day off, which is great. Now, talking of the strawberry plants, the strawberry plants in the greenhouse that are in hanging baskets, they're starting to put out some runners. And that's great. What I'm going to have to do with those runners is get them into some pots so that I can then try and get some extra plants. My idea being that I want to get quite a few strawberry plants but I want to be able to keep them on a rotation so that strawberry plants usually only last about three years so I want them first year in the greenhouse second year outside third year down on the allotment and then they go into the compost bin now the idea being by growing them in hanging baskets it should make them a little bit easier to make them that bit more transportable I've also planted out a few more squash plants at home. As you heard on the allotment before I went away, we have quite a few squash plants and I'm just at the point now where I'm just using them up in any empty spaces or anything that I can squeeze them in. You know, in a couple of weeks' time, a lot of our harvests, our onions and our garlic, are going to be coming out anyway. So I'm not a big believer in trying to use up as much space as I possibly can. 
in terms of my broccoli plants in Nebraska beds, you know, I'm starting to see some nice broccoli heads forming. One of the areas I'm really thrilled about is a brassica bed this year. The cabbages are doing great, you know, they're forming some really nice heads. And now we're getting broccoli and we've got a good load of plants in there. We've got Brussels sprouts, we've got purple sprouting broccoli, we've got normal broccoli, we've got cauliflowers, we've got cabbages. It's just filling it up really nicely and soon there's going to be more plants going in there to make the most of it as well. It's great. It really is so great to be getting all these plants. Now one thing that I've also done this week is I've potted up an apple tree that I've grown from, from a seed. Over the winter I ate an apple and I took that seed and potted it into a pot. Got no idea if this was going to germinate but it did germinate and it's been growing on and it's becoming quite a nice small tree. Just need a bit of potting up. I did find by sowing it outside over winter it got the stratification that it needed and it became, well it germinated and is now about a 30 centimetre tree. Now I've potted it up it'll probably get a bit bigger. Of course we've got to get through the winter and we don't really know what variety of apple tree this is going to turn out to be but it's exciting. Very exciting, I've got to say, and I'm hoping this is going to be the way for me to grow some apples in the future in order to create things like step over apple trees. Now, one more thing that I have been doing is I've sowed out some more of our salad leaves. I've had a lot of trouble with salad leaves this year. I'm a big lover of salads, as I've said time and time again, and I do like to try and grow lots of them. But this year, just for some reason, my salad leaves just are not germinated anywhere near the rates that I'm used to. In the past, I've got loads and loads of salad leaves that we are eating plenty of salads every day. This year just doesn't seem to be working. So I, I just went mad one day and I sowed mixed salad leaf, lettuce, mizuna and rocket just to try and get these to germinate. So... Whether it will work or not, I don't know, but I'm really, really hoping. I've also sown some more coriander. I am in that frame of mind now. We've got to keep sowing our seeds. We've got to keep getting more and more harvests coming in, but we need more plants to fill the spaces as they open up as well. So sowing more and more seeds is top of my agenda at the moment. And quite often what I'm doing is sowing the entire packet just to use them up. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's garden update, but it also brings me to the end of this week's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and I hope you've enjoyed the tweak I've made to the format. If you have enjoyed this podcast, then please do leave us a review on your podcast provider. I cannot stress just how important that is to me and how it helps people find this podcast if you want to support this podcast then please do consider becoming a member of our supporters club if you want to get in touch my email address is richard at vegegrowerpodcast.co.uk or you can visit the website at vegegrowerpodcast.co.uk where you can leave us a voicemail now talking of voicemail next week will be our 10 year anniversary special 10 years of the veg grower podcast and I've requested people to leave some voicemails that I can play next week. We've had a few. I've also got Saul and Lucy on next week from the Talking Heads podcast. But if anybody else wants to add their own little comment, anything good, anything that you want to add, please go ahead. That would be great. And finally, don't forget to find us on social media. We will be back again next time. So until then, please take care.